California. Oh, I love Irvine. It's uh, Orange County, south of, uh, you know, Los Angeles, California. You won't believe what one block away, one block away. Okay. From where I'm at right now, one block away, right over there. The comedy club's two blocks away. In between where I am and the comedy club, the improv, the Irvine improv, beautiful club. They're doing some amazing things over there. Beautiful. In between where I am and where the club is, is a building. And on that building, okay, huge sign that says Taco Bell. No. I am a block away from the headquarters of Taco Bell. No. It is, I can feel it. I can feel the energy. I feel the vibes. When are you leaving town? Sunday night. No, no, you got to stay till Monday and show up. You got to walk in there. I can't, I can't. I got a big meeting in L.A. Monday morning, but this is, it's, what do I do? You have a big meeting? What's up? Is it something for one up? We about to get something? No, 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 no. No. Oh. No. But my, my popularity will always come back to one up one way or another. You know what I mean? My success will always come back to one up, always. So if this turns out, if this meeting goes well and turns out to be something huge, we will all win. We will win, yes, eventually, yes. Wanep, oh my God, Wanep love the other night. I got a big one. Where? I got a big one. I forgot the guy's name. It's like W-O-S. He sent me a message. Was maybe? What was that kid's name? Well, I could see his name being W-O-S and being Was. <laughs> I was over at Delilah's in Los Angeles. Ugh. I, 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 do you like Delilah? It's not my vibe, but I was there with Mo Ammer. We just did a big show in L.A. that night. Great show. Oh, my God, bro. You ever heard of the Ford Theater in L.A.? Yeah. What is it again? Oh, my God, bro. It's amazing. Outdoors. It's about a, like maybe 1,200 seats. It's sitting like in a rock. It's like carved out. The stage is beautiful. It's something it used to, it was built. Something to do with maybe it was supposed to be religious plays from all over the world. Wow. That's yeah. what they were telling me. But then the lady who did the had the whole concept pass away before it was finished. So they ended up making it like a just a, a venue. Oh, my God. Beautiful venue. And, and then you guys went to Delilah afterwards? Yeah. Yeah. But the, but the Palestinian was out. The Palestinians were out, bro. Yeah, to see Mo Ammer? They wave flags. They go crazy, man. It is a thing. But yeah, so then we went to Delilah's afterwards, grabbed a meal, and this kid walked up to me. Not a kid, a guy. But like gave me like the one up. And he, he kept it no small talk because he walked really? right away afterwards. I didn't even get to say thank you. 
Bro, I love everything you do. Cypher Saturdays, one up. I'm a patron. I'm this, I'm that. I was like, okay. He said, I, he fucks with us. We got two, no, no, we got, I'm going to say, how many hardcore fans you think we got? I'm going to say a good 300. You mean who are like the army? Of people that will die for us. They'll die for us, you know what I mean? Go to war with us. If they can, you know, get time off work or whatever. Like, if we're like, yo, yo, some some crazy shit went down. We about to go to fucking war. Who's showing up? We will have 300 guys if it's on a Saturday afternoon. Right. If it's a Saturday afternoon and we're in the right location. Yeah, they'll pull up. We're in good shape. But if we're like, we're going to war, it's like, ah, I, got a, I got a meeting that day. I got a, I got a conference. Yeah, if, if you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have to text Natalie to, to shut this other dog up. Wait, wait, is she in the same place with you? Yeah, well, I'm at my godparents' house. And then she's got, you're texting her. I am. Because if you were at home, you would just yell out, yo, bitch, shut that fucking bitch up. Someone shut that white baby up. Yeah. But, but this is my god sister's dog making the noise. Oh, it's not your dog. No. So I, okay. I still need her help. Though. How do you do God family in the Jewish world? You don't. You don't really. My parents did. Okay. Can you hear the dog? I can hear it, but it's, I don't care. It's fine. We're, there's always dogs around you. This is not something new. You feel weird because it's not your dog. But all of us are like, yeah, Rosenberg's around some dogs. Nobody is, <laughs> nobody's going, oh, my God, there's a dog in the background. There's always a dog in the background. There's always a dog. By the way, though, and if we get three Patreon comments that someone gets annoyed with it, Billy Junes and hit us up like, hey, Russian Peter, you got to get rid of your dog. I, I don't I don't want, Peter, Peter, I don't want to make a big deal about this, but everyone in Patreon saying you need to get rid of Bear. Please get him away. There's everyone on Discord is saying euthanasia your dog. <laughs> The Discord, the Discord is saying you must, you must, you gotta kill. Billy him. sends us text him. messages, like, "Oh my God, you have no idea what's going on. The Discord is on fire. You guys are about to get canceled <laughs> and fucking tarred and feathered." It, it sounds so bad, yo. By the way, it's it's generational, dude. My producer on the K show is like now the the guy my our, our producer left yeah so our board op guy is currently the producer and he's like 27 he's like oh my god everyone on twitter is saying blah 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 and i'm so you like this sounds so cypher sounds talking to a young producer i go how many tweets you get and he's like you know two i was like so no one essentially no one is saying what you're saying i guess because they get They've always gotten their news from Twitter. So whatever a tweet says is powerful. But what we know, we used to get our news from the news, which was broadcasted. Sure. Not opinion. I mean, you know, we can get into the debate of CNN being opinion based. But you know what I mean? Like, it was like a broadcasted news statement. Like, hey, hurricane coming. And this is so we can let 14 million people know at this one time, hopefully, something bad's about to happen. But these kids are raised on Twitter, so any tweet seems like that drastic to them. Yeah, so like, and, and let there be two, in both cases, Billy June and my guy Anthony, like, if, if three people have the same thought, that's like a tidal wave. 
And it's like, you know, Billy this week said the Discord was upset. It was before, I think it was, Billy, what was it? It was before we put out the Patreon even, right? Wasn't it? Yeah, they were they were upset about how short the episodes are and how the last few were like, no, no Saifa. It was like just you with an artist. And they were like, if you're going to give us that, we don't even want it. And then you guys put out a longer episode for Patreon and they're like, Whoa, never mind. <laughs> so so they complained before the Patreon episode came out, and then I dropped, we think, an hour, like an hour-long Patreon episode. Relax, everyone. First of all, I don't want to do this every week. Like, talk about the podcast on the podcast. This is a fucking weird meta loop of what we always go through. Here's what WANEP is going to become. The foundation of Juan, me, and Epstein, Rosenberg, we are the foundation. We will always do something together on this platform. But what we're also going to do is create entities where it might just be one of us or one of us and a guest or one of us and something else, or a different version. It's going to become a whole universe. Okay? You didn't fucking you didn't fucking scream at Spider-Man like, "Where's the other guys? Where are the other Avengers?" Like, give it a minute. Give it a minute. We truly appreciate our patrons, and I get it. Like, I think most of the patrons support to just to support. Like, I think 90% of the people listening right now who subscribe on Patreon, patreon.com slash life. I think 90% of you guys probably don't do it for the extra content. You just do it to almost, show love. I would almost think of it as an investment. They know some good shit's going to come. So they're they're you're, that's a they're good investing, point. and so they know if they if they if they build it, it will come. But anyways, appreciate everyone. I and I did say I went back on the Discord after Billy made it sound like the entire thing was in flames, <laughs> and it seemed like after the actual Patreon episode dropped this week, people were relatively happy. Um, Sife, now I'm doing the show today. Yeah. For I, I need to correct you about something earlier. You said this is very important because I know you of all people, you care about this. It's it's not called Delilah's. It's Delilah. Oh, Delilah. Okay. You're doing great. Is it great adventure or great adventures? Oh, hood. I'm doing a hood pluralize. <laughs> you did a hood pluralize to Delilah. You did. Okay. Delilah. Got it. <laughs> By the way. And then, and then I had a follow up question. You got to tell me one good celeb sighting there. You can't have a night there. without. No, it was light. It was light. Really? It was light for some reason. It was a Thursday night. It was kind of late. Like we were there right before they closed. It's the best Caesar salad I ever had. Delilah, whatever you're doing with the Caesar salad, keep it going. Burger was delish. Took the bread off. Um, but I didn't see any celebs. Have you been to Delilah in Vegas? Yes. I was there the opening. That's where the Joe Rogan thing happened. Oh, right. I have heard that it's a ho- that's a horrible location. Why? Just very loud and very dark and not easy to, like, navigate. Like walking around in there? Yeah, like it's just not a comfortable hang. You sound like you're on the Delilah Discord right now. Like, what, what the fuck are you talking about? You talking about architecture? Were you there on a regular club night or was it like some event? It was the opening weekend. Like, literally, they opened that night. That's why it was like a big Chappelle. That's why I was with Chappelle. And then that's where we ran into Joe Rogan, where he gave me the look away. Remember the classic look away? Who do you resent more? Let's be honest. Joe Rogan or Nicki Minaj? Resent more? Yeah. 
Resent. Because you clearly have a resentment against Nicki Minaj. You made that clear last week. What does resentment mean? Like, I know what it means, but how are you saying it? Like, when I think of the word resentment, I think I'm holding on to negative feelings towards the person for something that happened. I guess Nicki Minaj, because she know she should know who I am. She can ask around about me and realize she can find out I'm a good guy and that I was supportive even though when she thought I wasn't. She there's research that she could do to go, oh, maybe I was wrong about this guy. Rogan doesn't that even would, Rogan doesn't even but know. That my would name. imply but that would imply that Nikki spent one split second thinking about your feelings. But I'm but I'm saying I know for a fact the opportunity is available for her to do so. One hundred percent. And she doesn't do it, that's probably where the resentment comes from. Right. Joe Rogan doesn't even know my name. He doesn't even know my name. So why do you think he like doesn't fuck with you? I don't know. For whatever reason, he didn't like me for something that happened in Austin, and then he recognized me a couple weeks later in Vegas. It was all grouped together, but it was just like that guy. But you don't know what the original thing was? No, I never found out. We got to get to the bottom of this. Hey, Billy, get us booked on Joe Rogan, Billy. Make a call. <laughs> so real quick, I should be noted. I'm doing the show today. Yeah. From my godparents' house. Yeah. In New Jersey. Yeah. My godfather, John, is the first person who ever took me to a radio station. He does a college radio show called Music You Can't Hear on the Radio playing folk music and i'm in his room you'll love this i've it you, you won't like that it's messy but you'll still love the this the, what it how the room exists oh i love that he's got the ladder you see the ladder yep love this room does he do the radio show in there that's just his little music lab that's the crazy thing is during the pandemic obviously he stopped going to the radio station and started doing it from home but I just talked to him about his setup and he's doing the other room. And I'm like, nah, we're going to get you reset up. Hey, Emilio, I got to holler at your guy, Jason at Rode. We got to get my godfather right, bro. Got to get him set. <laughs> Shout out to Rode, man. Saif, I started using their new board, the Rodecaster 2. Yeah. Oh. Fire? Yo, let me tell you something right now, Saif. The mics they sent are beautiful sounding. Fire. My favorite thing is the arms they sent for the mics, like easily, like, you know, you can screw onto a desk in five seconds. And like, it, you know how some mic arms, you adjust them and it's never right? No, it's always in your way, a line across your face. Yo, this one's the opposite. Every direction you move it, it's where you want it to be. Fire. And then the Roadcaster 2, which is, for anyone out there who's interested in podcasting, it's a great board for podcasting. The first one was dope, but it was just very stripped down. Like it was like it was like a board. It acted like a board, but it didn't really feel like you had an audio board. It just kind of did the job. This one, yo, it feels like I'm running a radio station at the house. It's fire. But it's made for podcasting. But it's made, it's built, it's all built for podcasting. So shouts to Rode and the Rodecaster uh Pro 2. Super duper fire. So anyways, that's why I'm in New Jersey. Oh, no, that's not why I'm here. I'm here visiting. Natalie's meeting my godparents for the first time, and my parents are here. 
And then my godfather was like, hey, can you show me how we could maybe make my radio setup better? And I said, we're going to get this. But what is this equipment on your on the side of you there? What is this? That? Oh, Saif, this is something the kids may remember. This is called a stereo. You got a cassette deck up top. What is that second one? Is that mini disc? CD. A CD. Okay, this, the next one? Player recorder. The next one? The third one? Five disc changer. Five disc changer. And then the bottom is the amp. Yamaha receiver. Oh, nice. Nice. Oh, you're, what's this? That is a turntable. What kind? I'm assuming techniques. 1210, baby. 1210. That's the real shit. Explain to people what 1210 is versus 1200. Black? That's right. <laughs> Yo, have you seen the anniversary 1200s? No. They released like eight colorways. Really? Bro, you know how much one costs? Like $1,200, like $10. right? $10.99. Shit. How much was your first pair of 1200s? Three fifty, four. Remember, four hundred maybe. Yeah, yeah. Mine was mine was like four, three. If you lucked out, yeah, a piece, a piece, yeah, a piece. You could catch it. You could catch one for three seventy nine, three eighty nine. Yo, I remember when I ordered mine, they were like, "Oh, it won't be in for like X amount of time." I was like, so excited, and then I got one. I, mean, I bought one that I only bought one the Me first too. time I bought it. I got one yeah. the first time, and then I had to wait. I was using that and a nasty belt drive. Yeah, same thing. <laughs> and then eventually got there. Um, so, Cypher, you know I had an interesting week when I got a text this morning from the Rosenthal's saying, Joe Budden spoke glowingly about you on his podcast today. Oh. I said, excuse me? What? They said, yeah, They Joe Budden said you were amazing on TMZ. Bro, you killed it on TMZ. Why is everyone saying that? Why was I so good? Bro, I'm telling you, and I know you. You're my boy. I mean, you're my brother for life until one day you fuck up and I have to Dead dis- the dissociate myself from you. Yeah, but this is the same thing with Dave Chappelle, name dropper, Mr. Name Dropper. Yep, name dropper, I know one. so much... I know so much personal stuff with Dave Chappelle and I hang out with him on a personal level that when people talk bad about him, it really bothers me because I'm like, oh, they only know him from what they see on the TV. And I'm like, no, he's such a great guy. You got to listen to the point, blah, blah, blah. Same with you. I know you on a personal level. I know you on this, on one Up, which is, I consider one Up the most personal level of both of us. Yeah. I, there's not there's like a little bit more that you could get into my private life that I don't share on one app, but this is us for real. Yeah, and by the way, and just so everyone out there knows, it's not like Sife is Mr. Private Life Sharer in real life either. At all. So you're barely even missing that. Yeah, like on my private life, like when me and Rosenberg talk off the air, which I call this the air, it's not like I'm divulging all private life information anyway. You're getting a 90... 8% of Scythe right here. So I know you, and, I'm, and our one Up fans know you. But now, if you're just a casual Hot 97 listener... You, you just think I'm a Jew N-word. <laughs> the way you come across sometimes people... Because a lot of people only know you from clips of where someone's trying to talk shit about you. Right? Like, look at this culture vulture, da-da-da-da-da. But the fucking way you spoke on uh, TMZ was elegant, concise, 
to the point where I was like, damn, if I if I literally said if I was in his position where I had to do the same thing, it would not have come off even as close to as well as you did it. It was a it was very impressive. Then he he countered you. You didn't back down. You said, okay, I understand your point, but you didn't back down from your point. Really good, man. First of all, thank you. Truly means a lot coming from you. Second of all, Harvey Levin called me. Like an hour later, called my cell phone. I was in a commercial during the case show, so I answered. I saw an 818 number. I was like, you know, Saif, whenever you see an L.A. phone number, you think it it could be the big moment. It's the moment. It's the one. Gotta grab it. This could be the call. (laughs) So I picked it up, and he's like, hey, Peter, this is Harvey Levin. I was like, oh, hey, Harvey, how you doing? He was like, I just got to tell you. You were unbelievable today. Bro, murdered it. I mean, that was... He said, I don't do this. I don't call people after the show. This was fantastic. I was like, I'm so glad you and I are part of the Jew media together. (laughs) But yo, but the... (laughs) You cracking the Jew media jokes in the beginning, like... Had to. Because that's where you started. So I was like, "Uh uh-oh, people are going to take this seriously. (laughs) People are going to take this joke you're doing seriously. Also, like, you're trying to, like, divert us from the truth. Like, oh, yeah, we meet, right? Wink, wink. Oh, they really do meet. They try to throw us off the trail. Yo, Rosenberg, no Soros. <laughs> so, so it was, um, the week was super interesting because Saif and I spoke Sunday. We did one at. I had barely watched the Nori interview. It hadn't even really come out yet. Because remember, it like, it like leaked out in a weird way throughout the day. Yeah. And then eventually everyone saw the whole thing. Is it down now? Did they take it down? I think they did. Wow. Which is kind of crazy. I, wow. I think once it was out, you got to just live with it. Yeah. So later that day, Nori texts me and says, uh, can I come on the show tomorrow and talk? I said, absolutely. Of course. Now, Ebro, I just noticed on our calendar, was off on Monday. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, oh, wow, this is an interesting day for Ebro to be off. But day comes. We do the show. Nori calls up. He apologizes. I thought I was kind of light on him, to be honest, if I'm being truly honest. I thought I actually was easy on him. Because I love them and like I just. But were you supposed to not be? Did people want you not to be? Well, easy on no, them? no. I, I don't know. I guess Cast actually pushed back a little harder, because Nori was like, I didn't know it was going to go that way. Cast one pushed back and was like, How did you not know that? Right. What are you talking about? Go that way. You mean the George Floyd part, or just just go left? He was referring to left, the anti-Semitism stuff, etc. Because I think we all could agree no one would expect the George Floyd part. Right. Okay, yeah. But we knew it was going to go left. Absolutely. And if you really done the research and thought about it, with the relationship he has with Candace Owens and her obsession with George Floyd, it really wasn't surprising. She made a documentary ripping down George Floyd. Again, like I know people too inside. I know Nori too much. He's not thinking about that. No, no. He's thinking he's about, I'm going to so, give Ye a spot to talk. Last time I did this, it was popping. Yep. So why wouldn't I do it again? So anyways, he comes on the show. I wasn't that hard on him, but he was very apologetic. 
we we get off the air, we get that shit uploaded quick. I then look and see he did the Breakfast Club and recorded an interview later in the day with Ebro for Apple. I was like, oh, I didn't know Nori went on the went on a war tour. <laughs> but he did with Muhammad, my man. And so I was like, okay, whatever. Tuesday comes, Ebro's back, we do the show, we talk about Kanye some, blah, blah, blah. Tuesday night, the video leaks out with Kanye being like, Nori, Nori had to run and go talk to Rosenberg. You talking about the video where Kanye looked like he was standing in front of some kind of detention center? Correct. <laughs> was that not He's the weirdest not. video where, of all what time? Are the, where are these videos? Where are these videos taken? And who's taking them? And where are they being posted? That was taken. I don't know where. Looked like it was in an alley. And it ended up on the Daily Mail in the UK. Okay. So whoever it was who's out there with the camera, I guess these cats just have relationships with tabloids. Like, I'm out on the street with the camera. I'll send you shit if I get it. Right, right, right. I mean, I, I imagine you get some, a pretty penny for five minutes with Kanye right now, you know? I think so, yeah. This weird video comes out where he's like, oh, Nori had to run to Rosenberg. <laughs> I didn't see that part. So it was this perfect storm of... Ebro happened to not be in. So I was the only one talking, not only. Laura was obviously there and Cass was there, but I was the dominant part. And Laura and Cass were, of course, going to have me lead it because I'm the Jewish guy. Like, it makes sense. You set it up with the Jewish media. Correct, with the Jewish media cabal. And, um, yeah, that's just, like, how things go. Laura and I usually switch off, like, who leads breaks when Ebro's gone. We'll go back and forth, whatever, right? So it was just sort of the perfect storm that led to that. And then later in the interview, he's like, yeah, you know, Charlemagne, Rosenberg, DJ Academics, they're all getting paid by the same people. You know, and somehow got to George Soros. Who's George Soros? George Soros is like the god of left-wing money havers who people believe runs the world. Now, I do think it's true that he's incredibly powerful and influential and rich and spends a lot of money on the things that he cares about. But just so you know, like everything that he cares about is like, I mean, I agree with every single thing. So spend away. He's Jewish? I I think George Soros is Jewish, yes. I think he's part of the cabal. Can you shut that fucking dog up? I, I, I Shut that fucking here. dog up, man. Put a muzzle on that fucking... Lena! Shh! <laughs> oh, that actually worked dude, for a second. George Soros. Oh, my God. He won't stop. Hey, we can't really... I'm joking. Go on. Okay. George Soros is a Hungarian-born American businessman and philanthropist. Mm. As of March 2021... He had a net worth of $8.6 billion, having donated more than, wait for it, Saif, $32 billion Sheesh. to the Open Society Foundations, of which $15 billion has already been distributed, representing 64% of his original fortune. Soros, by the way, is 92, man. 
I don't even. I never even heard of this guy. You never heard of George Soros? I don't think so. He's literally. He's he's the the right is. I've just been hearing it from like you know the Bill O'Reillys and the Sean Hannitys, and they just hate him. So, anyways, Kanye threw me into a cabal with Charlemagne and academics. Which is a hilarious concept for a variety of reasons. Many obviously. different reasons. Many different reasons. Can I just be clear about something? And I don't care how this gets taken. Billy, get ready to tweet this. If Kanye's theories on the Jew media were actually accurate and powerful, I would have already seen to it through my Jewmanati connects that academics could never talk on a microphone again. Yeah. I, nobody, I don't get it. it, it I don't makes, get it. I don't if have the power. If Rosenberg is in the Juminati and he has all this power, you think this is where he would settle? You think this is the level of fame he would allow himself to be at? No. <laughs> you, I guess you're on assignment and you're like, all right, get down there to the rap world and see what's going on. <laughs> yeah, but even at this point, right? If the Juminati had sent me into the rap world to like see what was going on, wouldn't they have already aborted the mission years ago and been like, you know what? You got to come back. You've gone as far as you could go. Wait, hold on. Hold on. We're going to let you get demoted and let your name get taken off the show. Yeah, exactly. Oh, no, he doesn't need to eat. Take them all. And, and can you make, can you got to make Lena be quiet. Pick them up. What the fuck are you doing? Sorry, what the fuck you doing? You. Natalie, what the fuck are you doing? Na- Ooh, I just got yelled at. I just got yelled at. Well, by Natalie? She just, yeah, she goes, she just said, she's not my dog to put in a cage. Don't put her in the cage, but kind of lead her towards the cage. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like drop a snackadoo in the cage. Like I feel comfortable enough as God brother to just be like, I'm putting your yeah. dog in a cage. This is the first time she's meeting these people. Correct. And you she want her to go- grab grab their what people think of their dogs as their children. You want her to grab their child and jam it into the cage. <laughs> I guess when you say it that way. Um, so, yeah. So then it was just, Saif, so here's the funniest part of the week. Obviously, like, the Kanye stuff legitimately troubled me. Of course, it did, legitimately. But I got this bizarro validation by him mentioning me. Right. Juan Eppers, I'm not going to lie to you. Y'all know me. You guys know, oh, I know Rosenberg was happier than a motherfucker when Kanye said his name. Why not? Shout out is a shout out. While he's having the most epic meltdown of his career, like, he's very disappointing to me and I'm very upset with how it's going. He's still one of the greatest of all time. (laughs) It's still crazy. This guy's story, man, when we go when it's all said and done, I guess we're living in, I guess, yeah, I guess we're living in like, like when you think of the Beatles, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not a Beatles fan, right? But there's so much I know about the Beatles because of just history and folklore and pop culture. So like you think of like, if you, you could watch an hour long documentary of the Beatles and get everything. But that shit spanned over many years, right? So, like, I'm sure in the if you're a Beatles fan, the Yoko Ono phase was like, this is really weird from what we love of the Beatles. What's happening right here? You know what I mean? But how about this? 
When you think about Michael's career. Jackson. Correct. One of the biggest controversies, one of them, and not the highest, but like it's top 10 maybe, was when he said, sue me, jew me, kick me, kike me. That's not even one of my top 10. You got you felt differently about that? <laughs> You're like, I never even gave a shit about it. Um, now, listen, he did use the word kike, which is OD. Okay, I mean, that's great. That is, it's, it's, you know, it's as close as you could get to the worst you could do. It's bad. But it was literally like two words on a song, and it was muted out of the radio version, and it was still a big deal. Kanye took Sue Me, Jew Me, Kick Me, Kike Me and spread it out in like five hours of interviews. You know what I'm like? You know how crazy that is? Like, Michael probably had to deal with him doing that until he died. It was probably an issue. And by the way, I don't know that I consider Michael an all time anti Semite. I don't. But in that moment, Michael's frustration with the music industry was, in my opinion, much more founded than any of the shit Kanye's even complaining about. Michael was actually dealing with real fuckery in the music industry and people trying to fuck him over after he bought the Beatles publishing. All that shit was really crazy. Now, he still shouldn't have resorted to anti-Semitism. Listen, there's a lot of Jews in entertainment. But there's a lot of everything. But even, so what? There's a lot of Jews in the top ranks of entertainment. And if you're getting fucked or mistreated or robbed in the entertainment industry, and when it comes down to it, the bottom line is that the top people doing it are Jewish, and you speak out on it, is that anti-Semitism? I'm glad you're asking this. So... If I left Hot 97 and I was like, yo, all the bad experiences I've had at Hot 97 were with black people. You know, you find that interesting? No. Most people who work there are black. So, like, why does he have to point out that they're that it's Jewish and the Jewish media? Right. Like, just say, like, oh, man, the record companies or the this, the that. The top people at the record companies are fucking me. Correct. But because they're Jewish... It's irrelevant. That's what I'm saying. Like, what's the tie-in? Like, why is it relevant that they're Jewish? You think that's what it is? Saif, you've been in the music industry for a long time. Question for you. Do you not know brilliant, cunning, scoundrel black executives in the music business? How do I answer this? I asked because Kanye had this moment where he's talking about I'm so I'm jealous of Jewish people because they read their contracts and they know this and they do that and I'm like bro there are black people who do that too. Yes. Yeah, of, of course. Like, of course, yes. You you think hold on. You think Mike Kaiser isn't a legit hardcore smart every T crossed I dotted record label exec or LA Reed or any of the great black executives in music. It's what they do. Some of them fuck people. Some don't. Some are Jewish. Some are black. A lot are Jewish. Jews made Hollywood their business. It wasn't accidental. Why did they? Do you know why? Like, what is the story behind that? Wasn't it like vaudeville or something? But I also saw something where it was like, 
Charlie Chaplin, I guess the entertainment world was in New York. And a lot of people, I saw this on TikTok. I have it saved somewhere. And a lot of people moved to the West Coast to get away from some people who were running it. I don't know if it was like the mob or whatever. So they went to Hollywood where no one was. They literally like just created an area to do this, to get away from something that was going on on the East Coast. And then that created Hollywood. And a lot of those people were Jewish for some reason. Well, here's an article I found on a website that I'm sure is reliable called JewishUnpacked.com. <laughs> they first say that it's not true that the Jews run Hollywood, but then it says, however, it is true that Jewish Americans, many who were recent immigrants, um, and it, it names a bunch, including Samuel Goldwyn, were some of the founders of Key Hollywood Studios, along with others who were not Jewish, and, and it names a few people, including Walt Disney. What inspired so many Jews to join the early film industry, and what was their lasting impact on American culture? Many of these Jewish Americans came from vaudeville and the garment trade, two industries notably hospitable to Jews. Vaudeville theaters presented variety shows, a singer followed by an animal act, followed by slapstick comedy, and so on. Theaters in immigrant neighborhoods had shows in different languages, including Yiddish. This appeal to immigrants and low ticket prices made the overwhelmingly white Christian upper class look down on vaudeville. So they did nothing to keep Jewish entrepreneurs out of the business. That's deep. That's deep. Jewish immigrants, many of them arriving with tailoring skills similarly, thrived in the garment industry since it didn't require much training or money to open a small clothing factory. When movies were introduced in the late 1890s, success in this new industry required many of the same skills as vaudeville and the garment trade. Salesmanship was the big one. Film producers had to sell their movies to theater owners, and theater owners had to sell to audiences. For example, Carl Lamel, I apologize if I am getting an important person wrong, a German-born Jew, marketed clothing before starting Universal Pictures. Adolf Zucker, a Hungarian-born Jew, sold furs before founding Paramount. And Jesse Lasky, an American-born Jew, one of his partners at Paramount, previously a vaudeville horn player. And there were many others, and he goes on to name a bunch more, including um, Marcus Lowe, that went on to be AMC Lowe's. These Jewish-American entrepreneurs succeeded because motion pictures were widely popular and Gentile industrialists largely wanted nothing to do with the business. Interesting. Listen, who knows if Jewish Unpacked is actually, you know, it's actually being a, a website written exclusively by DJ Vlad. <laughs> I don't know. But that is what I've heard before. I do know Vaudeville is the beginning of it. And... I'm going to ask my dad when I walk out of here. Like, my assumption is that makes perfect sense. Jews were able to get in. So this is the Jew episode? It feels like it, doesn't it? It feels like it's a Jew episode. Yeah, so, okay, so it was a shit job. They took the shit job. Hollywood blows up. It's like, well, you run the media. Yeah, we were in here when nobody wanted to be here. Fuck out of here. That's why I sort of feel like when people say Jews run Hollywood, I'm like... I'm not comfortable with people saying it because I don't like what it implies, but I'm not going to sit here and say 
there aren't a lot of powerful Jews in Hollywood. Of course there are. Here's what I notice that some people respect about Jewish people and some people look at it as like a problem. I'm one of the people that respect it. There seems to be this thing, and I don't know if you can be an expert on it. Maybe you got to call your dad in here. There seems to be this thing where Jewish people will do business with each other even if they don't like each other. Where a lot of other people, where I don't fuck with him, I'm not doing business with him. So that's the part that I find commendable. I wish it was like that with our people. But that's, what it, that's one of the things where it seems like, nah, they stick. But it's like said with ill intent. Nah, they be sticking together. And I'm like, is it not a good thing? <laughs> what's, what's wrong with sticking together? If you're trying to make it in this business, like I've dealt with Jewish people I didn't fuck with. Sometimes, I've had people I didn't, it didn't work out with. Believe me, the Rosenthal's know. It's, they, they've had, only because I don't mean them, trust me, they know. But there are people it hasn't worked out with. But ultimately, I'm like, okay, if, I, if this is the business I'm trying to be in, I don't know. It's built into it. Like, yeah, there are going to be some really cunning sort of sharky people in this industry. It's that kind of business. But, like, you think that's because of, like, the way that we were born or no, not born, but is, was there ever anything taught to no, you? No, these people aren't, 90% of them aren't even religious. Oh, you're still talking about entertainment. I'm talking about Jews in general. Oh, God, okay. But this is a little different because your family is like super American, right? Like they're not like- Jewish. Right. But there wasn't ever anything taught to you like, hey, no matter what, you do business with Jews, even if you don't like them. I don't want to put too much of my dad on front street. But the worst shit I've ever said about Jews was in my own house, okay? <laughs> like, let's be clear. Like, yeah. every group, we obviously protect ourselves publicly and have our own shit to talk privately about how we think things can be. But so maybe that speaks to the point you're making, though. When it comes to publicly, particularly post-Holocaust, any sort of grouping of Jews were like, fuck no. Don't group everyone together. Or any grouping of people against Jews. You notice it quicker. Very uncomfortable. Right. Okay. So like Kanye, what happened this week, he was tapping in to legitimate Hitler tropes. You know what I mean? And I'm not, for like the three dumb commenters I saw on my page, no, I'm not comparing him to Hitler, but I'm saying that those tropes that he was going on, that's the same shit Hitler was going on in speeches as he was gearing up. I'm not saying Kanye's going to turn out to be Hitler. Like, I saw this white guy on TikTok or Instagram, and he was like, he was agreeing with Kanye, and he's saying Kanye's only getting in trouble because he keeps saying the word Jew. But if he replaced Jew with the word white, he wouldn't have gotten in trouble. But he was saying in a way like, you see how Jews run it? Because if he said white, nothing would have happened to him and we wouldn't have done anything to Kanye. But because he's saying the word Jew, everything's coming down on him. I was like, what am I watching? <laughs> and by the way, though, it's interesting. People probably do think that. It's like, well, yeah, but there's a, there's a reason for that. The reason it wouldn't be a big deal if he said white is because white people have never historically been in danger in this world. Jews have. Right. 
So you could say white, no one cares. What is white? It's not a real group. But to white people who are, I guess, white supremacists, you know, they believe they're under attack. Right. They believe they are a group and that their group is under attack. But the average white person doesn't view it that way. They just, they say, I'm Irish. I'm Scottish. I'm this. They're not like, I'm white. No one really says that unless you're. No, white people. No, no, no. You, you're talking New York talk. Jewish, Italian, German. That's New York talk. The rest of the country, New York, L.A., a couple other spots. The rest of the country is you're white. They say we're white. You think? I know. And they feel like they're under attack. In what context would they say they're, I'm white? You've been talking to Soros. <laughs> what I'm asking is, if you were to say to someone, hey, what's your, what's your background? See, that's the thing. They don't even have conversations right. like that on the regular, like the way we do in New York. In New York, we're always asking what each other's background is because we're Everyone's always different. around so many different kinds of people. So now you go to the middle of the country, they are just what they are. They're all white. They don't say it like that until shit like this happens. Because the guy was basically saying, you see how we're not... If, if, if Kanye would have just said white instead of Jew... No one would have stuck up for us because everyone hates us and they're against us and they're trying to make us the minorities. That's when it comes up for them. They don't walk around saying, I'm white, I'm white, because they're all hanging around white people. It's only like when they get in conversation with black people and like, oh, this white boy, you know, they take that as offense. Yeah, that's, that's actually a very interesting point. Call Harvey, man. Let me get on TMZ. Yeah, that was deep. That was deep. Call Harvey. You know what's interesting, though? I was about to mention Joe Budden saying something nice about me. You know what I thought What you know what I thought stood out? Because like, I'm for real. I haven't been this complimented on, like, a thing I've said in so long. Yeah. And part of it's that people had an emotional reaction to, to it, of course. I get it. But I think the other part was, Saif, and this is a big lesson for me, I didn't attack Kanye. I didn't say anything nasty. That used to always be my thing. My crutch is like, I want to say that thing. Yeah. I want to disrespect you in some way. But that's funny you say that because that clouds your good points. Correct. And it makes people think I'm an asshole. Yeah. And it's weird because consciously they wouldn't know that's why they think I'm an asshole because they might do the same thing. Yeah, but why are you saying Why are you talking about us? I think I figured something out. I did something else crazy last week. I want to get your thoughts. I was having a moment of annoyance about another media personality in the industry. And I wanted, my, my gut was to, to be nasty. I wanted to lash out. My ego wanted me to lash out. I said, you know what I'm going to do? I don't know why it hit me. So you know what I'm going to do instead of lashing out at someone? I'm going to big up some people that I really fuck with instead. And instead of tweeting that nasty thing about someone, I put up three Instagram story posts about young personalities that I fuck with. My man Jinx, Speedy from Complex, and Gia Peppers. I just put up a post about each of them. Who's Gia Peppers? You don't remember Gia from Hot 97? She was she was coming in around the time you were... Um, usurped and disgraced when i was disgraced right around the disgrace okay no i don't know her yeah she's great she's a great broadcaster a great person um so yeah and i was like yo that was powerful and i got news for you 
people obviously love hearing someone who hopefully they respect randomly putting up a post to be like, yo, love. Bro, hate is more sexy. It's grabbing, clickbaity, grabbing your attention. But love is the way, bro. Love is the only solution that can start a revolution. Would you go as far as saying love is all we need? Love is blind. Love hurts? (laughs) Would you say that? (laughs) You know what? Love yourself. Man, love yourself. And lose yourself. Love is love. Love of my life. Act two, love of my life. Love is stronger than pride. Ooh, sidebar. Okay. Sidebar. This is irrelevant. Do you know that Sade was in a group called Pride before they formed the band Sade? So is she saying love is stronger than pride? The group I was in, was that a shot in like 84? Whoa. Is that, was pride the ops? Yo. (laughs) You know why I caught that recently, which means nothing, on fucking Serato Stems? Because I did the acapella. I wasn't captured by the music. It was just her words. And I was like, did she just take a shot? Are you doing it all the time? So dope. Because when you told me, you you told me how to figure out how to get it into those panels. Yeah. Bro, that shit is crazy. I have been using the timing. I can't get over how good the timing was of me buying that controller. Because now, bro, I don't even need my turntables. I mean, I love my record collection. I'll never let go of it. But, like, I'm so into the controller now. I love this no, fucking so thing. so dope, bro. Uh, my, my friend Jeff yesterday was like, I think it's cool that, like, you, you continue to get new technology. You don't, like, hate on it. And I'm like, hip-hop was always about technology always and always when vinyl purists are assholes about controllers they're doing it as a vinyl purist not a hip-hop purist yeah they're confusing the message you're confusing what it is because hip-hop is you're telling me grandmaster flash if they've been like yo flash what you're doing is dope how about this instead of that record player I'm going to give you these magic pretend record players and you could play any song in the world. You think Flash had been like, no, no, I'm going to stick with the heavy-ass crates of records, bro. I'm keeping it real. Yeah. No, you go with the tech. I get it. Vinyl is a a very important part of hip-hop history and culture. And I'm obsessed with it. Obsessed. Still, to this day. Love it. I have meetings and meetings and meetings about the custom shelves I'm trying to build in my basement. Like, it's ridiculous. A huge burden for my children in the future. Huge. By the way, no bullshit. Whenever you figure out what you're doing and who's doing it, if I love it, you should sell to them that you'll be able to get someone else to to do it too. Huge burden for my children. I croak and they go, what the fuck is all this shit, man? The day when they have to take all that shit out to the curb and just (laughs) dump it. What a what a day that's gonna but yeah, be. Yeah, but technology, the 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 a mixer being the fader being smoother, the fucking Grandmaster Flash inventing the flash former, it was always technologically pushing forward. Come on, guys. Y'all listen to one ep. You know how many times Sif and I have talked about the guy who was able to plug into the street lamp? Imagine that. 
Still to this day, I wonder about that guy. How did he go? I got it, guys. Like, I wonder, like, if there was some DJs on belt drive turntables and then the Technique 1200s came out and some rich kid bought them and started DJing. And they were like, you don't know the, you don't know the pain of DJing on belt drive. You and your fucking uh, direct drive turntables. You fucking corny. Why did they go from belt to direct? Was it a DJ thing? No, it couldn't be. I think it was new technology. I think it was... um. Because you got to think of a um, a radio station used to have to play vinyl when they were playing songs on the radio. So I'm sure there was a thing where the belt drive always took a slower time to start up. You know what I mean? So they created the magnet of a direct drive to so it would start faster. It's all like improving. Yeah. By the way, can I ask you a question? Speaking of which, is there yeah. a setting on my... You have a Pioneer or no? Yeah. But it's the shittier Pioneer, but it's a Pioneer. A shittier? All right. Two years older? Relax. So I can't adjust. You know the stop-start button? There's no way to adjust that like the CDJ one to make it go like, Absolutely. How do you do this? If there's not a knob on your controller, it's in the settings. It's in the settings on the computer? On the computer. Go to your settings, the little gear. In Serato. In Serato, there's like that little gear thing, right? You know what I'm talking about, the little gear? Yeah, settings. yeah. And I can go to the stop-start? Yeah. Because the only knob I have is about the, the touch of the wheel when you scratch. It's not about the start-stop. No, so that it's in the settings. All right, all right, thank in you. In the settings, for 100%, because I have mine set to like, I have mine set to like 8 o'clock, and it gives me the perfect, I'm talking about on my little Hercules one, the little tiny one I use for comedy. When I hit stop, it goes. Yo, when you posted that the other day, someone commented like, yo, is this the fucking control? Is this your controller? Yeah, son. It looks so small. Let me tell you something. For comedy, it's perfect. You look perfect. like an infant DJ. For comedy... <laughs> In a little comedy club where the stage is tiny and all I have is a laptop and a little controller in front of it, I rock. I mean, I could rock anywhere. I could do a stadium with that controller. The problem is when the venue is so big, the venue is so big, it looks tiny. It looks like your DJ infant sound. (laughs) But what I'm doing, forget it. Wait, can you scratch on that? Yeah. Yeah. And you know how to? It like it sounds okay? I mean, it's a little hard to scratch with the little tip of your finger, but you can do it. So you're mostly just blending? No, I'm just triggering. I don't DJ with it. It's like to set off jokes. You know what I mean? Like, it's just triggering. It's just starting it, stopping it, sound effects. You're not blending? Nah, I can. I have. Can you spin back on it? Uh, no, you gotta like, just go around with your finger like yo bro imagine if anyone had ever told us about this we would have been like no chance this bro is- i was with i was with Chappelle. i was out of town and i had that little one i was out of town and at the last minute he goes hey can you come to where was it i think it was denver red rocks he goes can you come to denver tomorrow but i was already out of town so i couldn't get my controller from home so i had that little one and fucking no maybe it was che i forget but whatever 
DJed for an hour with that thing. Blending, scratching, rocking. How many do you have? You have the mini one and then just one more? No, I got like four, bro. What, because you, you upgraded? I got like the big Pioneer, the four-channel one. Yeah, that's the one I have. And then, no, but then I down... Then I downsized to the two channel. It's a little smaller, a lot of briefcase. I don't want to carry it on planes. That's why I don't bring it. That's why I bring the little one. And it's like when you do comedy, after the show, everybody's like, all right, we out. And I'm like, hold on, I got to pack up my controller. Give me a second. You know what I mean? Like, I just want to be out. Carrying the laptop is annoying enough. And then I got, I bought a Pioneer has a small one, but you can't scratch on that one. So then, so the guy from um, Serato, OP, he put me onto the Hercules one where you can scratch. So that's why I bought the the small Hercules one. But the Pioneer what, one. Hercules the company? Huh? That's the company? Yeah, I think so. I think it's called Hercules. 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 But I still have the little Pioneer one that I just have in my house when I want to play music just so I can like trigger it you know not off the laptop do you something. still have the big pioneer four channel yeah actually i left it at this comedy cellar i let them hold it so at any moment if dave Chappelle wants to do a show if they do like a little party it's already at the cellar it's like in the storage closet and i just i go i don't have to carry mine i go hey mine's here already bring it down i'm gonna go grab yeah. it yeah sife listen this has been a great conversation about jews and media i i do want to say we have a patreon coming this week um, I did an interview with Freddie Gibbs, but hold on before you start complaining, everyone. It's not even coming out as a real interview. I did 15 minutes where we got into a bunch of shit that was not for the radio. It's only for the Patreon. Thank you. So the only place you will ever be able to see and hear this portion of my Freddie Gibbs interview is going to be on the Patreon. Wait, do me a favor. Send it to me. I'll let it run 15 minutes, and every once in a while, I'll just go, uh-huh. Mm, uh-huh. True. That way true, I'm on it. True. Fact, facts, big facts. Facts. Big facts. Uh, we appreciate you all very much. Go sign up for the Patreon. Um, and Saif, you know what? Maybe we'll try to throw on a little bonus Patreon. Are you coming home this week ever? I'll be home on Tuesday. All right. So maybe we'll get together. Bro, listen, WANEP fans, we, we have a studio being built as we speak. We will be doing a lot more shit, man. Just hold on. We almost there. We got the road equipment. We got the cameras. We got Emilio. Billy June is going to commit suicide any day now. So we'll be done with that headache. And we're going to be rocking. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we just put Billy June on camera. I try, I wanted to get his reaction to Sife saying that. And he was wiping his nose. Blowing <laughs> 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 his nose. <laughs> Love you, Billy June. Love you, Emilio. Nah, Billy June, we love you, man. Love is love. We love you all. Jewish media, out. All right, so we, um, wait a second. We're not done yet. Wait, wait. What happened? What's going on? Why did your mic get all bad? My mic? Yeah, what happened? You were just using a working microphone, and now you're not. I'm outside. I'm outside now. Oh, okay, okay. I'm in California. California. Yeah. All right. So what we're trying to explain in, in our own weird, terrible way is that Saif, we just finished the episode. You just heard it, of course. And it is now a couple days later. Okay. Oh, yeah. And 
I I had something happen today. Yeah. That I mind said, you, I people, Wadeppers, I have no idea what's happening either. I was called into an emergency Wadepp as it was, as it was, <laughs> as it was texted an emergency Wadepp. Yeah, and it's it, it. When I tell you, I think you'll go. I'm, I'm I want to find out, but I'm pretty sure when I tell you, you're gonna say okay. Yeah, you made the right call. This had to happen. I'm excited. I'm excited. I would think you're at the very least interested, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. All right. So here's the situation. Idiocy, nonsense, violence. It's not a good policy. So I got Q-tip just texted me. Okay. So everyone heard everything that was said on the last episode and since then i guess today the big news was you know um kanye got dropped by caa yeah big news big news was that like was that the only big thing that happened i don't even know if that's a big thing yeah was it a big yeah was it a big thing like it, it was a so. thing i saw it okay so everything on instagram is a big thing to you <laughs> Fair, fair point. Um, no, I, I, I saw, I saw it moving around. I truthfully don't, can't tell how big a, a thing it is or not. Um, but um, okay, so that happened, and I'm, I'm seeing mounting pressure like towards Adidas to do something, and you know, all these things that one might expect. Um, so I put up a post earlier. Because I forget what inspired me, but I was like, man, in these situations, you know, it was something my dad told me this weekend. Sometimes yeah. we get so caught up with what happened. Um, oh, and Def Jam also parted ways with Kanye and Good Music. Oh, no. So my dad was basically talking to me about like, hey, when you do this stuff, you shouldn't forget. Like, don't only make it sound like the only thing that matters is anti-Semitism, because that's not true. And I said, well, yeah, of course not. I, 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 but I understood what he was saying, because sometimes Jewish people, we get so worried about these things. You get so riled up by, like, this sort of energy and this sort of talk that you end up, um, you know, putting aside some of the things that you really believe. Or you're like, oh, well, listen, if people are going to talk bad about, is about Jews then I'm, I'm, I'm up against anyone. Damn the Palestinians and damn them. And I, I just feel like you don't want to use these moments because Kanye's riling you up to get overly nationalistic. How about that? Does that make okay. sense? It makes sense, yeah. So I put up a video about it, which was safe. When I say I mean safe, I mean very peace-loving. Like, yo, stuff's crazy, but don't forget, stuff's crazy for a lot of groups out here talking to my fellow jews right now let's continue to be great allies for others and blah 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 really not not much right. to i think to argue with so so that was a nice statement you made now sounds like you're setting up the ops game the ops come so i'll give you a guess i'll give you i'm not gonna say it's ops i'm gonna give you a guess some a very classic one app artist Said, uh, some, artist. said okay. some crazy shit in my comments. Ooh, ooh. The one-up artist. What makes a one-up artist? Been on the show, 
talked hey, about the show. Talked about regularly. Okay. Q tip, because he just texted you? No, Q tip says hi, Juan. To you, by okay. the way. Oh, hi. Um, I'm gonna shit talk about regularly. Joe Button. No, we have we ever we never had him before. Oh, okay, okay. Been on the show. Uh Bun B. Um not Bun B. The crazy comment, when I say it, you're going to go, okay, that makes a lot more sense. But I, okay. I'm talking about, all right, ladies and gentlemen, I'm sorry we have to do it. But if you want to hear the rest of this bonus episode right now, it is up on the Patreon. Patreon.com slash life. Go subscribe. This is what the bonuses are for. They're moments like this. Head over to the Patreon. Uh, and I love you.